Hey, 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 it's Krusty the Cloud. Okay, that was just for Alex. That was just for Alex. Thank it's you. actually just me, Casey Coop, on my own podcast, Casey's Freak Show, here at Meltdown Comics. Shout out. Um, that was from, from my friend Alex Fear, who's here in the studio today. He's the bestest. He was one of my first LA friends in comedy. And now he's just like blowed up. I feel like he's written for the UCB, The Onion, Split Cider, The Devastator. Oh, and he just wrote a zine for The Devastator called Mom Presents. I think these guys are hot stuff. How is that? And you know we're going to talk about it, Alex. You know we'll yeah. go get into we're it. We're going to get into it. Uh, hi, how have you been? Deal. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. It's funny. Before we started recording, we were just talking about how we met mm-hmm. like six years ago when I started to stand up in LA. I just moved here. I think you had just moved here too. Yeah. From Boston. Yes. Um, and I just love the metaphor you just made about how we're on the middle of a rope bridge and you can't turn back, but you just got to keep going forward in comedy. I, mean, I can only speak for myself. We're the same age, pretty much. We are. We're 29. We are. And we both. We're been, twins. We're, we're identical twins. twins. Wait, when were you born? Uh, no, October. This October. is not. October. 88. I think the audience almost know my birthday. Uh, no, it's a, we've had so much. Like time put into comedy, we still haven't gotten like the big rewards yet. We've gotten little notches, and yeah, yeah, we get like the little like oh, here's your little oh, tweet. This is here's nice. A little nim nim tweet. Like I give yeah. my dog. Like, here's your nim nim for pooping. Like that's yeah. What we get like uh, cool comedians know who I am, but they don't care. Yeah, and oh my that's God, I the know. beautiful place I'm in. Dude, me too. Yeah. I made the joke uh, the other day mm-hmm. um, about how like. It's cool having so many famous people follow my social media and just watch me slowly fail at my dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get big people following you. They don't fav anything and they're like, oh, yeah. no. Just a constant state of disappointment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, kind of like, I just want to watch what that train wreck's doing, at least in my I, case. I don't think you're good at that. I, I'm like good at being a train wreck or good at being a social media presence. Both. But I think well, it's, for you, it's, it's bu- one in the same. For me, it's like a bummer. No, like you're <laughs> you're very good at. For me, it's like three a.m. It's like guys, like I'm live tweeting something sad. <laughs> Just like I'm live tweeting Boss Baby. You're like this is kind of a bummer. <laughs> I've been wanting to see Boss Baby. They, How was it? They blur Boss Baby's dick. That's the only thing. <laughs> is that a about. thing? Really? Yeah. I want to see well, it. Boss so Baby bad. is one of the weirdest films. Tell me I've about it. I want to see it so bad. This is what the listeners want to hear. I don't care what they want. <laughs> this is my hey. show. <laughs> um, boss baby here. grows up in the movie. Like when, into a man baby? He grows up into a man. He turns into an he LA into man. He turns into an LA man. He's a man baby. He's a man baby. Um, Honestly, I kept trying to force my boyfriend to see that last year because I've been having baby cravings really bad and I just wanted to watch a movie with a baby in it. it this will stop you from having baby cravings because it's very bad. Oh, do you think I'll not want babies You'll after never that? want a baby. you watch this Alex. movie and go... Yeah, why? I had a dream last night that I was pregnant with a dragon. Congratulations. And it was like pressing on my stomach, but it was like paw prints on my stomach from the inside. And the dragon had paws. That's really cute. Isn't that cute? That's really cute. Was it? Was it? Is it Eric? (laughs) Is your boyfriend's name Eric? Do you mean, am I... Was I pregnant with Eric? Was it Eric's dragon spawn? It was Eric's dragon spawn. Don't, don't tell Erica to know his name. Speaking of Eric, mm-hmm. my young lover, uh, mm. I'm going to tie this in. How young your is scene. he? He's 14. No, <laughs> he's 24. I he's think. not that young. We're 29. But then again, my friend's boyfriend is 36 years older than her, so I think where I'm doing We're okay. All, we all enter yeah, into like 36 years. How old is like, she? What? Um, I think she's like 23, 24. 
We're all in this blob of adulthood right Whoa. now. Who cares? <laughs> it's blob of adulthood. 23, yeah. 75. It's nothing. It's, a, it's the same. 75 is an old man. It's I'm just, jo- I'm joshing. I think I was trying to tie this back into your zine, right. which is, it's star. It's a, uh, written by you and Hannah Michaels, mm-hmm. and it's about basically a horny mom looking for love, mm-hmm. and she lists all the kinds of mans she has crushes on. I was mm-hmm. going to say, my favorite mm-hmm. was Falcon, the 19-year-old stuntman who hasn't booked any work yet, mm-hmm. but... Yeah. You you let the audience in your zine choose between hottie, naughty, or squatty, and I think he's a hottie because he's nineteen. He's nineteen. Mm. He's based on a real person. Were they all based on real people? Uh, that one was very hard, based on a real person, because Hannah and I were at Target and we saw a teenager just buying energy drinks and tissues, <laughs> and we we're like, "This guy seems like a piece of garbage." Let's make fun of him, and you'll never know. If I was single, I'd probably be like, "What's up?" What's up? <laughs> so, you're gonna hit on him. Yeah. Like, hey. Hey. Yeah. I had the, I forgot yeah. a couple of years ago I was at this RV park. My mm-hmm. friends and I like rented an RV and took it across the country. And there was a really hot guy there and he was like 18 and I was like 27 or 28. Anyways, we stayed up late talking. We didn't That's get That's sweet. This was pre-Eric. Okay. PE. PE? Sorry, talk about yeah. your zine. Talk what? about your zine. Oh. Tell me. Well, I hope you like to laugh, America. Cuz <laughs> this scene is some funny stuff. <coughs> Can you cough into the mic? <coughs> Baby coughs. <laughs> um, this scene is called Mom Presents. I think these guys are hot stuff. I wrote it with a young up-and-coming comedy writer named Hannah Michaels. Yeah, uh, we had her on the show. She's one of my I, favorite I people. I listened to it. My name was mentioned a lot. So that's oh, the yeah. You were just telling your name, Mr. Egomaniac. I over said, here. Yeah. And I texted you and I said, what part of the podcast does my name appear in? And you told me. And didn't appear in there, so I had to listen to the whole thing. Oh, and it was, boy, oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy. Anyway, anyway. Uh, the zine mom presents, I think these guys are hot stuff. It's profiles from the point of view of a Jewish mom named Helena Goldfarb. I and love that name. You guys, you and Hannah are both Jewish. So we are both very Jewish. Was this Jewish. character uh, based on y'all's mothers? Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I know both of your guys' parents are still married. Yeah. So you never had a mom who was looking for love. No, we didn't. But you were just like imagining if your mom's had combined into one and was single. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's It's ridiculous. I read the whole thing. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. I did like it. I'll say this. It was Hannah's idea mostly. It's like Hannah's inspiration. Hannah's very good at writing at like the familial human aspect. And I'm good at writing Mm -hmm. stupid bullshit. I know. You guys combined to make this dream team. We combined. Hannah gave all the parts that people are like, oh, I like that human part. And I got the part where... uh, Someone where there's made like a Jungle 2 Jungle sequel called I... Jungle 3 Jungle. Is that really a sequel? No, it's in the book. It's a, my favorite joke in the book. I've read the whole thing You're and I don't thing? remember. I just remember you calling that Tim Allen movie Jungle to Jungle racist. And then it, it, it like hit me like a brick like that. My childhood was all it just I was an idiot. <laughs> I didn't know. Do you know the story? I don't remember the jungle? story. I just remember it being popular. It's amazing. This is a second terrible movie that I've talked about in the first two and a half minutes of this podcast. Jungle to Jungle is Tim Allen. Tim Allen's Caucasian son is given to like a tribal community in Africa. Oh. And he comes back from him and he's wearing like the loincloth and he like goes back to America and he hunts people's pets. And I'm like, oh, oh boy. yeah, I forgot yeah, yeah, about that movie. Yeah. I loved it as a kid. That was the last decade of you can just make a deeply racist movie and no one's going to say anything. Yeah. Everyone's going to go like, this exists. Whoa, I don't, I, yeah, you don't think about that when you're like seven. That's wild. Yeah. Um, I met Tim Allen when I first moved here. He was like, I think the first celeb more. I met. 
And I used to serve him pizza at this place I worked, and he used to have extra crunchy pepperoni pizza. That was his pizza. Did he, did he ever talk about how uh, <laughs> men are being emasculated? Isn't he like America? super Republican now? Is is that a thing he said? Tell me. What is yeah, he doing last these Last Man days? Standing. Oh, yeah, yeah. My Got dad canceled. loves that show. Oh, my dad told me when I visited home the other week that he was mad that show got canceled and that it's the liberals running Hollywood that ruined it, that yeah. took it away from Tim Allen's yeah. cold, dead hands. Yeah. Liberals weren't laughing at uh, all the sexist jokes. Yeah, that's true. That was a conspiracy theory that people were going <laughs> like, mm, the hard left media doesn't like the sexist men's rights activist show. Oh, is that what it was like? I yeah, it was kind of. It. it was like, oh no, how can I live with all these women who are just like destroying my style? Like, what a migraine for me. But my dad said that he's like, it was great though, because, you know, in the show he had a liberal daughter, and I think he was like implying like my dad and I's relationship. Well, it was, it sounds like a conservative all in the family, right? Yeah. It's like in the end, it's like Archie Bunkers. I'll defend all in the family to the grave that is the nicest bleakest weirder show it's also like the best like trump era sitcom where i just watch i don't it. know what that is well it's just like well it was made in the 70s but you watch it now it's about an old fat white guy <laughs> who just like keeps getting oh like basically like humiliated by like his african-american neighbors his jewish neighbors oh. Be- and it's just yeah, it's just an old fat white guy getting... Uh, why the fat? That's not nice. It's an old... <laughs> anyway, it just makes fun of that old kind of racist archetype, like, pretty brutally. Like, people are a little more touchy about that now. There's a lot more conversation. Like, what are the Trump voters thinking? we got to have a conversation about Oh, yeah, didn't them. the New York Times do a profile on a, on a Nazi? Like, look, he's just grocery shopping like the rest they of us. They did, yeah. Yeah, what the fuck was up with that? Because I just want to say this for the audience who doesn't know. Alex is uh, your first generation American, right? No. No. I'm from Ukraine. Oh, you're not even. Yeah. So your family's Jewish from Ukraine, right? Yes, ma'am. So um, how old were you when you moved here? Five. Okay. So you, you've been around the American I've been block. around the American block. Um, yeah. But yeah, you the, I, you were actually the first person who told me like, a couple years ago that you kind of warned me because I had no fucking idea that Nazis were making a comeback and anti-Semitism was really kind of like taking off again. I was like, what are you talking about, Alex? And it's like, whoa, fast forward yeah. two years. Yeah, so the New York Times did this profile of this, like, neo-Nazi or some shit? Yeah. There's also, I love the show. The show is excellent. The Sarah Silverman show, I Love America. Oh, yeah. Ahmed Weinberg was just on there. Oh, yeah. It's so cool. I won't say anything about it. But I do do feel like, because I do think it's great, but there is also, like, hey, let's show these people to be kind of more clownish. Because there's a lot of, like, the South Park crowd. It's like, mm, liberals are the real joke happening. <laughs> oh. It's kind of like, no. You, and then when people dump on Nazis, they're way too serious about it. So I feel like there has to be some kind of middle ground. Where we're where, dumping on Nazis, but it's funny, you mean? It's funny. You look like you're having fun. You look like you're <laughs> enjoying it. You don't look like you're preaching. And at the same time, That's true. you don't go like, you know who the real bad guys are? Liberal. Like, people who care about the environment <laughs> too much. Like, Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Are you just like you're just saying you're against like all of this kind of weird humanizing of Nazis because it is very like what's their, what are they thinking? What's they're both like they're, it's a weird thing because on the one side you're like you must always punch a Nazi when you run across, <laughs> which is like by the way something I you know yeah get the fuck out of here yeah like I don't want I don't want to say I'm for hitting people but I'm against Nazis existing. Yeah, of course. I hope of course. the good middle ground between what I want what I feel is like right in there. 
Yeah. Look, I'm pro-punching Nazis. Of fun. course. But yeah. like yeah. what you're saying is something... I think we talked about, I ran into you randomly. You were walking in North Hollywood and I brought you into my vehicle and drived us around. It was oh, amazing. that was a good day. That was like a day where I needed you. And like, uh, I feel like the universe just put you uh, in front of me. And I was like, yes, Alex, uh, get in my car. But you were talking about, I think Trump had just gotten elected, like literally that month. And you were like, well, we got to make better art. We got to make more art that like reflects the political culture. Do you think like your comedy and your comedy writing, like you're saying is like, we, we got to make this shit funny so people can kind of ingest it better. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, am I doing that personally? Like, do you feel like it's affecting like your writing? I feel like it is. I feel like you're like, you're popping him off on Twitter. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> am I popping him off? Do you think so? I think so. Cause yeah, I've seen it more on your Facebook now. Cause I don't really read Twitter oh, anymore. Yeah. Like, I feel like you like have a lot more to say now. And before it was only fart jokes. Uh, that's true. But I'm embarrassed <laughs> that that's happening, too, is the other part of it. Why? Because it's like no one because my opinion annoys everyone because I was like a Hillary person during the election. Oh, I remember that. Bernie and there was Sanders. only like two openly male comic Hillary people. I remember. Yeah. But even now it's like I go, I tweet something like it really it really look. Oh, boy. It's like, no friends are, like, I say something like that on Twitter and friends I've known for, like, years. People who I've been with through the hardest of times just, like, unfollow me on Twitter and yeah. cut off contact. Because yeah. my version of being a leftist is different than theirs. Mm -hmm. And I always go, this is dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was openly a Hillary person. Bernie, me too. I let, Bernie Sanders is a good guy whose fans absolutely make him look like a piece of garbage. Yeah, agreed. 110%. Um, well, you and I are on the exact same page about yeah. that. We we definitely bonded about all of this. She's a, like, look, neither of them are perfect people. No, she's a politician, though. She's got a dirty record, so does every politician. Her husband is also one of the worst pieces of garbage. Well, I don't really know a lot about him. I'm yeah. not going to lie. I'm not going to yeah. say here and pretend like yeah. I know. But yeah, so people were unfollowing you. I remember when he, uh, Trump got elected, you got so scared because you had dumped all over him on Twitter and like made a joke about his son. Everyone was all mad about yeah. it or something. And you deleted your whole Twitter, like all of your jokes they, ever. They all came back. Oh, they did. The program was bad. Yeah, they all came back. But I did do that. Wait, what do you mean? They, like they reappeared? No, if you search them, they come up. Oh, yeah. fuck. Okay. But I, th I don't think it was the worst idea to delete all your tweets. I really don't think it's a bad idea. Because yeah. the only people, like, unless you're really good, unless you're, like, drill or something like that, I think the only people kind of looking through your old tweets are people who want to embarrass you. Oh, yeah, and get, like, some dirt on you. And I'm sure yeah. I've said so many horrendous things a long time ago, like, before I started comedy or when I was super hacky or new or younger. I Googled, like... I make a lot of Jew jokes because I'm Jewish and I think it's really funny to say something like obnoxious and like, wee, like a go away. Ooh. And then I Google like at Alex Fear Jew and I'm like, oh, outside of the context of me saying this literally right now, this is hideous. Yeah. Oh, and no. I and I like delete it. Like no one's going to care. It's like and I just deleted. I deleted all my tweets about Bernie because I'm like, these are alienating people. Again, oh. I just want it to be gone. If I could stop using Twitter tomorrow. But I'd you're addicted. I feel I like you, you've been on there. I've been on there for like a decade now. But it's gotten you writing jobs, right? It's gotten me a few, yeah. 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 I feel like you, you've told me that. But not in the last few years. You've written like for all over. these websites. What are you writing right now currently? Like, I'm, What are you working on? I know you, you write for that UCB, oh. Upright Citizens Brigade. Big fucking deal. You write for one of their house teams? Yes, the Audacity. When's this podcast coming out? In like a week and a half. Oh, good. Two Tuesdays from now. Good. Um... Yeah, I write for the Audacity. Uh, yeah, 
that's basically a full-time job. That's the main thing I'm doing now. I have a Whoa. little day job where I write clickbait, baby. Um, yeah. No, the UCB is great. Do you have questions for me? Wait, isn't UCB like improv? Like, how do you write for improv? Oh, we I, don't don't, I write for the sketch team. I write sketches. Oh, there's a sketch there's team? There's a sketch team. Come see the Audacity every fourth Thursday at the UCB Theater. I guess if, if you want me to ask you questions, do you want me to ask you my written questions, yeah, my officials? I, I just I, like when you just talk. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, you I'll always talk. teach me so many I always things. feel so self-conscious sometimes when I'm just rambling. I love your rambling. Mm, you always Alex. like say insightful things, but this guy is just like farty noise. Farty. Oh, the producer is doing a, okay. doing a, doing a Donald Trump hand motion. <laughs> He's like, come here, sit yeah. on my face. Yeah. He's giving the come here motion. Yeah. Okay, we'll cut all of that out. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> <laughs> Your You're from yeah. Boston, I right? Yeah. How did you get into comedy? How's the I comedy scene com- out there? Yeah, the Boston comedy scene. I entered like a very special time because there were two comedians who were very special to me and very kind to me, and they were kind of like just polar opposites of what a like what I kind of needed. One of them was Josh Gondelman, who's kind of like semi-famous right oh, now. Oh yeah, I think. he's he's killing it. I think me. he followed me for like a brief period on Twitter. He unfollowed you. Yeah, I think I was like cool for a while, and then people were like, "She's not cool anymore." Do you want me to text him live on air? Yeah, yeah, let him know. Please refollow Casey Cooper. I'm doing her podcast right now, and she and she loved the brief period where you were we were fellow following each other. He's going to be in town on Tuesday. Where does he live? In New York? Yeah, he lives in New York. He's going to do the Virgil. Oh, this is all. Oh, anywho, a week and a half from now, I love hearing about. Anyway, no, Josh Gottelman, he was very kind to me, and he gave me the best piece of advice, which is don't play for the room you're in; play for the room you want to be in. Whoa! Holy shit! Holy shit! Pow pow pow! All you ever hear is like, "Gotta work with your audience," which is true too. I mean, but but he also like I think he kind of sensed because I don't do stand up anymore. I did it for like a long time, but. Not too long. You were kind of just doing characters. I remember we do mics together and you'd be like one of the only people just doing full on characters. And I loved it. You do the one eating hamburgers. The hamburger. <laughs> I love way too loud in the mic. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I love doing stand up. I hated waiting in lines. Yeah, I did Wimpy from Popeye. <laughs> for where, like two years. For uh, I was like, yeah, because I, well, I was doing it so rarely. I was writing more. But I know. The, I know. The bit was that like I just told. Oh. I want to do my new favorite thing to do. If I was, do- oh. oh, I want to get back to stand up now. You remind me how fun it was. Um, wimpy, where he just told jokes about hamburgers. Like, mm, did you hear the news about Donald Trump? Mm, he grew up the hamburger. <laughs> that was bad. No, it wasn't. Because we just listened to angry guys on stage be like, oh, I, got- I haven't got my dick sucked in a while. And you'd go up there and like. And they say it in a high pitched voice. Yeah. Yeah, I miss it. Mm-hmm. I love it. I went to an open mic last night. I'm doing them again now. Mm. And I just. I was like peeling my eyes out of my head for an hour. That's like, I don't, I think I'm more of an adult. I think I'm better with left on with my own mind. I think I could do it now. But when I Same. was like, yeah, I remember like I was in Boston, the open mics. And for the first month, I'm like, who are these people? And then slowly I'm kind of like, oh, this is really interesting. Oh, what does he have to say? Like you kind of like slowly, because there are only like a hundred people you coagulate, ugh, coagulate into like this beautiful little family community unit and when you're mm-hmm. out in LA every day a new like racist stranger comes up on stage <laughs> and you don't care you don't cause like we had like and I I think Boston has more of them now like famously Sam Hyde was a Boston comic and he created that alt-right show Million Dollar do you know this does anyone know this it was an adult swim show that was like made by the alt-right Oh, the, I know. I didn't and know the, that. By the way, still haven't had a female creator, 
But when Adolson was asked, like, hey, uh, why do you have a show made by Nazis? They're like, oh, it's for diversity, diverse point of view. Yeah, and yeah. Like, and weren't they the ones being like, uh, we don't have any female writers because they're not as funny. Was that them? They said women. They they said one thing. Then they said the opposite, but both were sexist. They said, like, <laughs> women are uh, women are too prone to conflict to yeah, write comedy. Right. And then they said, no, 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 no. You <laughs> misunderstand this. Women hate conflict and this can't be funny. Oh, like, oh yeah. Oh, boy. Great. This is, and it's my favorite channel. And it's I my know. favorite, like, my dream is like, it, it still is. If you're listening, Mike Lazar. My dream is to be an adult swim that's progressive. How about that? I altered the dream. But yeah. <laughs> my dream was adult <laughs> swim. And this was like, because you kind bummer. of draw and write a lot of cartoon stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like a nerd, right? I'm a massive nerd. You are a nerd. I'm Every a time nerd. I'd see you, you're just carrying like a stack I'm of books. A big old book. I'm carrying, yeah, I lost a book on the way here. I, oh. I left a couple. You're like of a caricature. John of Waters' a person. As role models. Oh, no. Just like to the gutter? Yeah, threw in the gutter. You no. <laughs> just slipped in just the gutter. Just get out of here. What do you want to make? Like, what's your dream show? I don't know. Whatever people will buy. Uh, I'm always very wary to answer that. That because it's like so silly, almost. Because I don't know. Like I, there was a, I was developing something for a long time that ended up kind of falling through. But for a long time, that was my dream show, and it was a adventure show for teen girls. And it oh, was that's so cool. It was something I liked doing a lot. I, I yeah, really prefer like you know, that's for the hot topic crowd. I was trying to make something for like uh, the worst fans on the planet no they're good people but didn't and, that you and hana like write together and i saw she made like a facebook status the other day about how she's trying to create a show for like weird teen girls like that would have been my market yeah, right there we're and doing that like, right now i don't I know what she's ask. tweeting about i was gonna ask um, what are you guys working on together i mean both of your minds are so brilliant and i feel like they they mesh very well yeah. as shown by your new zine yeah it's kind of cool i think like the best part of like when you have a writing partner and i've had like I've had three that worked out very well, and Hannah is the person I'm currently like working the closest with. And the thing is, you always have to think the other person is like twice as funny as you, and like twice as insightful. Yeah, I finally as you. just got my first writing partner, Ooh. and I'm just like in love with her. But I never thought I could do a writing partner because I'm just so like I'm a stand up. That I don't want to work with people, so I'm a stand up. But it's like, well, writing rooms exist, and so you got to learn how to work with yeah. people. And the girl that I'm writing with, I think, is so funny. I think you're right. You have to like adore them and like it just bounces off each other so nicely what? like what are, like i love that hannah said she's oh. like writing for this market that never gets addressed like the weird gross teen girl market i mean that's the shit i like like the sandman yeah. invader zim steven universe women i don't i prefer an audience of women because the taste of women for the most part is less uh, men say no to a lot of things a lot more quickly than women do in my experience. So maybe I'm being sexist. You mean like and ideas weird. like that you have? Yeah, like for I, like shows I, like, like not even that, but just like a weird joke, a weird concept. Dudes are the quickest to go like to assume they have some kind of authority about it. Yeah, to kind of go like mm -mm, mm, you can't do things that way or whatever. <laughs> and, and but it's also like when it's my little fucking narrow narrow experience like what, what do i know but i think uh, maybe yeah. that's just like that's your audience like how um josh gondelman said like do what you want to do and it'll attract your audience perform at a hot topic perform at a hot topic hot topic no that's my dream no the show i was developing a show and i'm i'm hoping to do something else it's whatever it was for 
Earwolf, it's done. I can talk about it. It was called League of Babysitters. I brought Hana on as a writer. But it was kind of like I didn't want to give up my day job. I didn't want to give up mod. So I was literally like not sleeping and sitting on my mattress and like crunching out these episodes on like this impossible timeline. I know. And you're then, such a writer. You're always writing. Well, these weren't good. Like They did not come oh, out great. Oh, because you were just underslept and overworked. And... Yeah. And I was kind of like, yeah, these are good. Because <laughs> you were in like a delirium. I you're like, I'm a genius. I think the lesson for that is like, if you need more time, ask for more time. You're not going to impress anyone by turning in a shitty draft because like you met a deadline. Uh, The most impressive thing to do is be excellent and on your deadline. But if that's not in the cards, yeah, have a conversation. But yeah, I want to like, it was about like teen girls, like a babysitter's club. Actually, I shouldn't say it. It might be a thing. Yeah, who cares? A babysitter's (laughs) club fighting Lovecraft monsters. And it was kind of like, yeah. That's fucking awesome. Because I think like a lot of entertainment for girls is centered around feeling very lonely and mm. and it's much more sophisticated that's it, one of my favorite quotes yeah. uh, do you know who drew koshgarian is she's is like a, a friend of yours it's a she? girl she's on the internet she's a big twitterer but she wrote this thing one time that it was just a tweet but i think i like wrote it down in my favorite quotes category of my facebook mm-hmm. it was just that being a woman is so lonely forever and nothing has spoken to me more than that simple sentence. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. Like the, the female experience is very lonely. It's yeah. isolating. Yeah. So that's interesting that you you actually observed that as a man, I folks. Well, it's because I am, I like that entertainment more. Like what? A, yeah. Then you mean like the kind of like bullying like comedy person. type, kind of like male, co- like uh, animated shows. You kind of mentioned South Park yeah, earlier. Was, oh, South South Park is. I also adored that as a kid because you grow up, you're like, this show's really Republican. Same. Same. Yes. In a way that, like, yes. also, like, there were, like, I don't want to say. They're like, that. we make fun of everybody, but they made Sarah Jessica Parker into, like, a horse or something yeah. like that. Like, because of her nose. Like, that's fucked up. Like, there was one episode where they were like, nah, it's cool to use, like, the homophobic F word. And I was like, I don't know. Oh, of but course like, they you're, would. You're playing towards. A very specific audience that I think my brothers, your brothers, brothers. I know this audience better than I know anyone in this world. Ah, it's one of the best written shows. I know, like, now that I'm on a podcast, I'm like, I should police what I say. Anything you don't want, I'll cut out. You can text me, or I'll go over and I'll be like, What do you think about this, Alex? Where humiliatingly described uh, (laughs) my canceled show in great detail. (laughs) Uh, But don't cut this part out where I ask you to cut it. Everyone should know my shame and embarrassment. (laughs) Alex, we need to go to break, but we'll pick this back up. Okay. Love you. Love you too. Hello. Hi. Hi, Alex. Hello. This is Casey Coop in Casey's Freak Show, and we're here at Meltdown Comics, which is just the coolest. Everyone needs to come out. It's at 7522 Sunset Boulevard, and they lovingly allow us to use their studio. And also, if there's anyone out there who'd like to sponsor the podcast, please contact me. We have some great ad space and a good listener base, so hit me up. Um, Also, thank you to my producer, Mason Booker. Gonna just 
include that one in there too. He's vital to the show. Alex, can we pick up sure. pick up on something where we left off before before in our scatteredness of you were just talking about at the break how there was a comic who wrote a song about you. Uh what was this what was the song that he performed at an open mic? Oh, like? I should give some of the setup. He was a very good friend and he was emphasis on was. I hope he still is someday when he whatever because every, every you and we had fights. Every dear friend that you like stopped talking to eventually. You and I comes have done back. that. A lot. We've done it twice. I think I think you control online sometimes, and now I'm like, Alex is just being a troll. But in the past, I was like, fuck Alex. Yeah. Made fun of you for uh, for lots of things. For, uh, yeah, I'm a real piece of garbage. <laughs> I, was, I, guess, I was banned from the LA TV Writers Group for pretending to be a part of Infowars. <laughs> Wait, tell me about that. What were you doing? Um, what were your I, posts? There was this group of us, like LA screenwriters, but like you never see, if they write comedies, you never see them in the community. It's kind of like people who just, I never knew. And they took everything so serious. Like, how do you write a proper cover page? It was like, how do you, <laughs> like, what genres are in this season? It's like, who cares? No one knows who you are. Just write a really good script. So um, I will say this, I'm following in the footsteps of, other comedians who were like, these people are fun to mess with. So I jumped on. I found a job posting for uh, Infowars, which is the Alex Jones, like, hard right yeah, conspiracy theory thing. Yeah, I have thing. heard that. Okay, cool. And I posted it going like, hey, guys, just got a job here. Should I take it? I don't know. I watched some of their videos. They're pretty funny. What do you think? <laughs> and then people were, like, jumping. I'm like, no! Don't do it! And some people were like, do it. It's uh, a step in your career. Oh my God. Yeah. Alex, it's like just so empty evil. shills. And I was just like making fun of them. And then there was like at some comments, I pretended I didn't know who Alex Jones was. And in oh other comments, God. I talked about like meeting him and thinking he was nice. Um, okay. So, anyways, yeah. there was. You're hilarious. Thank you. Now I'm not as offended by your post. I know I know you're just fucking with me. I'm just, look, you're my friend and... Uh, but you've pissed off someone else. You wrote a special song about you. pissed off a lot of people online, yeah. which I'm trying to do less. I've, I've definitely had my time with that. And then I um, just stopped going on Twitter all the time and I felt much better and everyone was my friend again. It was no, that great. was... Hannah told me, it's like you're... Hannah told me, it's like, you're probably usually right, but you're being like a real ding-dong about it. Yeah. And it was kind of <laughs> oh, like... good for her. It was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone's serving up a plate of the truth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, wait, so what was his song? It was Oh, yeah. No, you. a friend of mine, uh, for some background, a friend of mine, I used to run a show with oh, another funny person. See, Boston had so many amazing comics, and God, they're so good. It's like, it's so sad mm -hmm. that like... But then that they moved to LA. Easier. And... I don't know what to say. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. Like people probably might say that about me. Maybe someone liked my stand up because I'm also someone who like moved to LA and like mm, forget it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of us do. This man is so so funny. You should buy his. Tim Vargulish is like a deeply funny man. You can buy his comics at Meltdown Comics. I'm plugging him because he's such a good guy. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I used to run a stand-up show with him uh, at this taco place you were on it a while ago. Oh yeah, yeah, the yeah. one in Hollywood. Yeah. And um, I had this comic perform on the first show, and he was with another guy, and he performed a song uh, where he used the word, uh, yeah, believe me if this is bad, dyke a lot. And oh, really? Yeah, and I had a, and a, you know, not okay anyway, but I also had a lesbian friend in the audience who was like, hey, not okay. And I was like, I agree. Yeah. And I t and we got into like a fight over it because he's like, you can't silence me or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's always straight yeah. white guys that are like, I 
I have my freedom of speech and I'm sticking to it. I think after Trump, that's going away because now you look like a Nazi if you talk like yeah, that. Yeah, at least in our circles. So that's yeah. good. That's yeah. something. But oh, I was so when Trump won, I was like horrified. But then I was also smug, like, mm, oh, you guys said political correctness is killing America. Yeah, what are you uh, thinking now? <laughs> I know it's, it's so also real. when Louis got caught. It was oh, like so I was satisfying. like, no, but it, yeah, it is satisfying. But then I had so many arguments, especially comics in Boston, like about like he definitely did it, and I was like smugly yes. going like mm, he admitted to it. You it's know like, what people yeah. I hear people say is, "Hey, at least he owned up to it." I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! You have not been around the comedy community for like five it took years. Him a long time to own it. Was up to years us. and years of deflecting and denying it. Yeah." And I'm sure doing his own business about silencing the women he did that to. Yeah, he had Dave Becky do it. Yeah, that's right. I think people are starting to come down on Dave Becky as manager. Yeah, a lot because yeah. that's a famous com- comedy manager for huge co- comedians. I had a friend drop him, and she's like on our level. Whoa, and that's huge. That's so whoa on our level. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah. Oh wait, but he. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah the he story. Yeah, the story. Yes. Louis jumped to the 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 story. Oh yeah, the the guy. We argued about it, and then we like stopped talking for like a few months, and we started talking again. It was nice, and then I'm online. <laughs> And I'm oh. on his MySpace page, and I found he made a song it's called- a MySpace page? Or SoundCloud. Okay. I'm an unreliable narrator. Now keep going. Which app did he use? Um, what year was this? This was only a couple years ago. It was a couple of years ago. It's also like one of the funniest things that happened to me. It's very sad. This is like your shining light moment, this Alex. Was, there wasn't- People are very weird. I I once almost got- I have a lot of stories. Anyway, um, yeah. His song was called Queers and Tears. Oh. And it's about I'm the queer in the song. <laughs> queer, queer IRL. Cut that part. Not out here. Um, I'm not going to cut any of okay. um, Yeah, but so you can keep me asking to cut things? Good. Yeah, just, yeah, I, wanna, I want whoever's editing it to like just curse my name. Um, it's me. It's you? Yeah. Can you, add, in, can you add in a boing sound effect right here? Can we pause for it? Thanks. Okay. Okay. Keep going with um, the story. Queers and Tears. Queers and Tears. performed it at a fucking you open performed mic, it, right? Yeah, you hear like audiences like applauding, like <laughs> me being called all these homophobic slurs. But they don't know it's about you. They don't know it's about me, <laughs> but it's about me. And I was like, this is mind blowing. <laughs> this is the fun. This is like something on a sitcom. Like I find a song that hateful about me online. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing so much. Because it's, look. I remember when it was very traumatic for you. It was, it was very upsetting. It was like four years ago or it's something. It's also like one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me. <laughs> yeah. So I just go online and there's a song like calling me the F word. So you guys essentially broke up as friends after that, no, didn't you? No, we became you? friends again. It was on again, Because he again. apologized. Alex, what kind of. Oh boy. <laughs> what kind of. I'm ready. Advice. This is already something that I feel like I text you a lot, but yeah. you're a comedy writer and I feel like you're doing the damn thing. You've written for all these sites that are amazing. What kind of advice would you give to an upcoming comedy writer such as myself or anyone listening? Like, what do you do to keep your mind sharp, to keep in practice, to get these jobs? Yeah, it's a lot. of. Uh, I'll start. Um, write. This is the most cliched piece of advice, but it's also just the most important. Write a lot and also enjoy writing. And all people want to see is the joy of it. Um, And that's like the biggest thing because so many, especially because in L.A., writing is an industry. You're writing and then you write your resume, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So the most important thing is just remember what you enjoy about it. It's like Gondelman said, like write for the rooms 
uh, you want to be in. I'm getting really into Stephen King right now. That's yeah. so funny that you are because my friend Cosmo is too. Both of you guys have been like texting me about Stephen King all the time. Because that movie came out and it was so yeah, good. And I think so a lot good. of people jumped into it. Well, my younger brother, I remember, used to always read his book. Always had like one of his giant novels yeah. in his hand like all the time. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, I love. I. Uh, there's like this, you and yeah. my, my friend were just telling me about Stephen King's on writing. Like what kind of advice does Stephen King give in it? <laughs> so I don't have to read the book. Hi, it's me, Stephen King. Um... <laughs> The book's good. Uh, I don't remember what Stephen King said. No? I think it's just right from reality and don't use adverbs. That's something he talks about a okay. lot is don't use adverbs. Um, I just, I like your style of writing because it's, I feel like it's just like the goofiest, most out there. Yeah. Sp- spun with some like real political things and. Us, like the best advice I've ever gotten was it was an ex-girlfriend. We We were already broken up at the time. She's very good friend and she's very good i don't know why i always talk about how much i like these people when i say their names anyway i when i was applying for the onion she gave me the best piece of advice and i've been following that advice since and once in a while it gets me into trouble but not usually hold on i've had to burp off mic i'll cut that one oh no please amplify it um (laughs) but the thing she gave me is like show these people why your writing is different than everyone else's writing what can you do that no one else can do And I knew like, well, I like absurdity. I like craziness. And I have like a lot of opinions. So I went and I wrote an onion packet that, um, you know, like got me in, which is pretty cool. Like that is like a difficult thing to get. As I'm discovering later, because I've auditioned for so many onion things and it's always like, I got to own it. I can do this one. And then it's like, mm, no, no, no. There. Because this was like your first credit. I remember you moved to L.A., already having this big credit and I was in awe. I was like, people can do that? They can write for these websites? It's yeah. a thing? I was 21, yeah. But that's they hire a lot of really, really young people too. Oh, really? Yeah, like, do you know Jeff Loveness? No. You don't? He, he does. Uh, I, made, I made a lot of friends there. Jeff Loveness is a very good friend in LA. Just through like, because we got the email sheet but like everyone's joke... <sighs> I almost made something fall. Everyone's jokes and like the last name was next to them. And I would just like find the last name on Facebook and just like start emailing all these comedy. It was like ham radio stuff. Um, That was nice. But yeah, uh, writing advice. Oh, yeah. So you told me to read and write every day. And that's something I've heard a lot. Um, How how much do you read and write on a daily basis? I try to read 70 pages a day. Whoa. Because it really does help you be a better writer in a way that like nothing else does. But that's also for me, like certain other people have certain other, like people have very great writers have said like that's insane OCD stuff. Whoa. And, yeah. you know, they, but everyone like has their own methods. Uh, like, But you write a certain number of pages a day too. I, I have to for the UCB theater. I have oh. to produce like, I, I actually don't know what my schedule would be like right now if I didn't have this like very fun, very creative, very fulfilling outlet that I also had to produce like so much material for. And I'm sure you've met some really powerful comedy people through UCB. Not yet. I'm year one, baby. Oh, okay. I met a lot of very talented people. Yeah, I'm sure that's uh, going to be. Amazing talents. Yeah, I, it's it's comedy's great. I got nothing. <laughs> We're in I just thought about bridge. like my team and I was just like my heart was like, yeah, I like those guys. We're on a rope bridge. But it's uh, it's nice cross. It's just scary. That's it. It's just it's so scary. scary all the time. And you want to turn around, but you can't. But you can't. You've gone too far. You've gone too far, and you're like, might as well walk to the end. Because sometimes, mm. like, you, you know, because sometimes I do think about, like, hey, I visit Boston. I'm like, oh, this is yeah. a much nicer city than Los Angeles. I actually just, went home a couple weeks ago, yeah. and I always hate going home because I'm just, I'm not one of those people that, like, enjoyed my time yeah. there. 
But it was really nice to just be out of like this hustle and bustle of the city or this kind of like pervasive constant pressure to always be creating, always be producing, always be churning something out all the time. Because you always, even I, I don't ever enjoy, enjoy having downtime because I feel guilty about it. Like I should always be making something relevant, keeping myself relevant on social media, which is also the worst social media post I have is when I'm like, oh, no. People are going to forget about me. But usually I'm just like manically posting whatever is fun for me. And that's like what always gets the most likes is something that's just like organically me and like, hey, I'm enjoying this moment. Had this weird thought. Not when I'm like sitting and toiling over a tweet. Like that one's always the worst tweet. My most successful tweets are when I yell at Netanyahu on Twitter. Uh, the Israeli uh, prime minister. <laughs> no, is it though? That's my most successful tweet. Because he let Trump visit the Wailing Wall. And I oh. said, and I told him, this is bad for Jews. <laughs> no, I'm so bad at Twitter. You're really good at Twitter. I admire Am it. I? Oh, thanks. <clears throat> yeah, because you care. It's like you think about the audience in front of you. And I think I just use Twitter as like a garbage bin for. I I just like fucking with people too much online to the point where it's like you can't fuck with people who are your main audience. I don't think I ever yeah. am trying to sell something, though. I think like usually with my posts, I'm like, I feel like there's just so much bullshit online. Like you just see a lot of the same, even the same like joke structure that everyone recycles through or just the same complaining or the same like um what is it like passive aggressive tweets where you're yeah. like mad at someone which i used to do but now i just like want to cut through the bullshit with like if i have a thought that i think is like funny or just different than what other people are thinking then that's what i post because you yeah. just see so much of the same barfed like regurgitated shit online yeah you do I also think it stops us from listening to each other because I was like looking at a tweet. Yeah. I was looking at a tweet and grant that it's like it probably whatever they were making fun of probably could have been. I'll say this. I remember this tweet when Crazy Ex-Girlfriend was almost like about to come out. I saw someone on Twitter like getting really upset about it going like this show's going to be really sexist. It's mm. going to be like really bad. And then on the other hand you have like the MAGA guys kind of like trolling about it. and I thought like the problem with this is no one's like having a conversation and I'm more likely to talk to the person who's mm -hmm. worried Crazy Ex-Girlfriend might be sexist. I'm a big Rachel Bloom fan so I knew like it's like it's going to be fine. Oh okay. But it was kind of like because on Twitter, like, my least favorite thing is the quote tweet where someone was like, uh, yeah, you're getting it wrong. Where it's like, it's so easy to embarrass each other. It's so oh, easy yeah, to yeah. embarrass each other. And that's all people want is, like, the validation of having, like, the upper hand. I'm the smartest one in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that, like, makes us into ass. Like, I, I, I am so hard left. And it bums me out when the hard left is, like, obsessed with just, like, embarrassing people. And yeah. sometimes it's, like, my friends get embarrassed on it. And I was like, I don't... Because sometimes we make mistakes and we have, like, a wrong opinion. And, like, I know that I have. I know that every other human has. Or someone thinks that their hands are washed clean of being, like, not PC. At the very least, they've made, like, a hooker joke or a stripper uh, joke before. But it's also, like, it's not even, like, specific things. It's like you're all massive assholes. I think, like, five yeah. years... Like, 100%. If I'm embarrassed by it now, 10 years from now, people are going to dig up a tweet <laughs> where, like, someone going, like, um, okay, racist, at, like, <laughs> Chuck Schumer or something like that. Like, someone who's, like you know, makes, a lot, makes mistakes but is mostly fine and going, like, why are we such an asshole to him? Or even, like, people mm -hmm. who deserve it. Like, why did you call Tommy Lahren ugly or something like that? Yeah, like, Not that she deserves getting called ugly, but she's a Nazi and is a piece mm -hmm. of garbage. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. 
But it's kind of like, I think that's the thing that's going to age badly because that's the thing we do. Because the thing that aged badly is like Chevy Chase thinking he can use the N-word because he's a liberal. Like that aged badly. But at the time, it's like Lenny Bruce. People are like, you, you genius showing the faults in racism. (laughs) This like N-word laden rant or whatever, you know, and that's like that stuff aged badly. But back then it was like celebrated. And I think the thing that's Mm going to look bad in, in granted, like, when I'm a fucking fat white dude, you know, like, what do I know? But I think the thing that's going to, like, age badly is all of us not listening to each other. Totally. I yeah. don't think anyone's ever learning something online from an argument. Recently, very recently, uh, I made this joke on Twitter about, because um, I met a guy at the strip club who was, like, very disrespectful to me, but, he, but his, yeah. his pretense was, I'm not a strip club guy. I don't come to these places. But at my club that night, like these outside people had sort of thrown an event. So people who don't usually come there were coming there for this kind of dance party. But we were mm-hmm. still performing. And it was still running as the usual club. But he's like very disrespectfully turned me down and talked down to me. He's like, I'm not a strip club guy. And it was ironic to me because saying Wait, was you're- he there. Yeah, but he was there for this kind of dance party that this other group threw in the Uh. club. But the thing is, like, I made a joke that was like, I'm not a strip club guy. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy who comes to strip clubs and disrespects strippers. It doesn't tip them. It doesn't buy dances. Because it's like, oh, you're a good guy, but you're just, like, completely, like, condescending to us and not tipping us and watching our show for free. So it's just funny when guys say that. But I made a joke about it. And, of course, strippers retweeted it. But then this one guy, there's one guy in the Twitterverse that found it who, of course, doesn't follow me. But he was like, strippers are... And I feel like he wasn't all there in the head. It was just like, I kind of... People are still going. Like, it's been like four or five days of this, like, strippers versus this one guy who's like, I don't think he's all there, but because his tweet was very like, strippers are dumb and they sell their bodies for money. Like, it was so, it was really stupid, but like, strippers got super defensive and started like going at him. And so he kept shitting on them and they're still going at him. And it's like on my Twitter feed because it's, it's attached to the joke that I made, but I haven't faved or responded to or retweeted or, anything any of their yeah conversation because i'm like none of you are learning from this i hope you know is it's so fun to own a big dummy and i should know because that's all i do and everyone like gets mad at me for it and i have to learn it's like oh so you get off you enjoy that i get off and it's so hard but i feel like no one's learning anything and you don't know who that person is through the computer screen maybe this guy's kind of fucking autistic he sounds like it like who am i to like tear him to pieces there was a yeah it's it's not good also by the way i won't discount the fact that i've seen hana's at replies uh you got a lot of weirdos oh you mentions. mean like the kind of guys yeah, like yeah. if you're like a female who's out there online or you get a lot of weird guys no like that yeah kind of thing. yeah <laughs> when i was single and like all my tweets were just like horny girl tweets because now i just you know i'm you i have dick all the time to be a horny girl but it's without honestly, the wrong kind of horny guy I know. There, like yeah. when I used to po- like tweet that, it was just a constant stream of weird DMs and weird yeah, messages. Yeah, I still yeah. get some, but a lot less when I'm just like p- posting about my relationship all yeah, the time. Because uh, guys are weird. They're... Are you dating? Who? No, what, like we right always now. talk about not your dating I mean, life. I can. T- <sighs> my parents will never listen to this. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Go into it. We I, always talk about your dating life. I just got into life. a. I just broke up with someone. Uh, but yeah, we you were, had like, this kind of thing. in a polyamorous. <laughs> kind of relationship because that's what she kind of wanted and I dated a few people at once and how was that 
I like the people, but I only have so much time. And also, my favorite thing to do is just lavish all my attention on a single person. Me too. So I don't know if this is for me. I'm glad I gave it a a brief shot. I might give it a shot again. I'm a little smarter about it than I think because when I I could never handle that. I admire people that can. I mean, I was real jealous. So I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. I just like look. I walk through a world where people are like you're a piece of shit, and I'm like, okay, fine. So, so part of the niceness of a relationship is there's one person I know who thinks I'm special. Yeah, same. That's great. You know, and by the way, it's also like the thing. I the thing people keep saying. and like when the other polyamorous people, I told them like I'm so new to this, and they're like, "I'll tell you what it's like." Is that, was it helpful? Yeah, because she was very helpful. Um, she's been doing it for like so so long, uh, and one thing she thought like everyone in a polyamorous relationship is equally like is very special, and it doesn't make you less special. But in my brain, but I'm, I'm a like, big baby, and I, I want to be the most special. I want to be the most special, and then I was kind of like the realization it came to is like. I have neuroses and anxieties Me too. too that is like that that I have to take care of and uh yeah but who knows maybe it might be for me someday I don't know for sure. We well, that's good. You're open to it. Flux. I'm open to it because I I like dating a lot of uh, people, but at the same time, it was like so much work and it's it's <laughs> it's and I just I would like that's how I I'm almost see it. thirty. I wanna yeah like as much as like when I was twenty, it's like I'm never getting married and I'm I'm. Like about to turn thirty, all my friends are getting married. Yeah. It's like, ooh, I don't want to end up. Alone. I'm gonna be. You know what's funny is yeah. like everyone's always like, oh, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. I actually get to be a bridesmaid for the first time this coming April, and I feel like I'm the bride. Like I'm so excited to be a part of a wedding, and for the first time in my life, I'm like thinking about getting married. Like that's like a thought in my head, yeah. you know. And it's nice to think about that. I never wanted to grow up, but the idea of growing up now at 29 and having done all the craziness like sounds really good. I'm with you i'm so sick like i this kind of bums me out a little bit like i am so sick of the weird ass adventures that brought me yes. joy <laughs> I, uh, we've talked about these things i mean yeah. we both have been into bdsm type yeah. stuff and very out there and very like cyber flings and i've done yeah. all of that yeah. you um, know you know my very disgusting sex life yeah, I do. We we yeah. would just talk about it after like how many shows like alone in a car. Well, there's another yeah. thing that I, I feel like I want to ask you about is yeah. you're some you're one of the guys I know who's openly bisexual. Yes, I am. Um, do you think there's more of a stigma against bi guys than bi women? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 100 percent. So. Yeah, 100 percent. Because there's like a stigma. First of all, the weird thing. Um, I mean, I I. I can only go into its surface level. These are just like opinions, observations. I'm no scientist. Um, but like, yeah, I, there's a stigma against being like effeminate when you're mm-hmm. a man and be, when you're bisexual, it is like, or you're queer of any kind. There's like a stigma around it. But bisexuality, um, a friend of mine said something very smart, which is like when you're bi people, it sounds like you're describing your sex life. Uh, to people rather than mm. your sexuality which is like not untrue I don't recognize that I have all the privilege like when it comes to like the LGBTQ spectrum I have all the privilege I date mostly women um, I can date a woman if I ever feel like that pressure coming in 
it's pretty simple. So I, I, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, there's stigma against being a bi dude. I think a lot more dudes would be openly bi because a lot of women are openly bi. Yeah, I think in LA, I've actually met many openly bisexual dudes. And that was just so different than even Oregon. Like guys here are a lot more comfortable with their sexuality and I love it. It's nice to be around. I mean, like I'm a vegetarian here. I'm bisexual here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like LA is very permissive to doing all the things that like back in Boston I would have thought about and went like that's eh, too much work um, <laughs> that's, I love that it's the too much work thing but I think in defending your lifestyle or sexuality rather is um, kind of where like, the work feels the, like sexuality and like being a vegetarian too like I don't want to lump those things two together but they're it's not the same but they're co- big LA things they're like people L- are more openly liberal and open about themselves here it's like yeah uh, yeah, you can't get a vegetarian meal really in Boston and like <laughs> really? on the regs. Yeah, it's harder. Alex, Ugh, can I ask what? you my podcast question yeah. that I ask everybody? Yeah, everybody? Yeah. Yes. Uh, what does being free mean to you? It means not having to depend on anyone. It means not ha- like, it means not because right now we're all kind of depending on like a very capitalist system to sustain us, to feed us. I have to, we all have to do our comedy in a very kind of specific way. We have to keep in a specific schedule. I have to go to a day job uh, every day. And it's kind of to be free would just be to free, be free of any financial concerns. Because when you're free of like financial concerns, you're free to basically pursue whatever kind of life that you want. That's true. But sometimes I feel like constraints, I, I don't know, I'm going to steal this quote or idea from someone much smarter than me but having constraints on your art actually forces the art to be better i think oh absolutely no constraints on my art but it would be really nice that like if i could just if one to sleep in for a few hours yeah. i can do <laughs> I it i think you're just overworked i'm overworked too. you I'm have been so for a tired. long time yeah i got I you deserve so... everything you have and i feel like you have this bright future ahead of you we'll and see. things have already gained traction <laughs> yeah I think so. I think you're a bright shining star. I've kept with like in contact with you with all these years, yeah. and probably like a good majority of male comics I met over the over the years, which I've known many and been close yeah. with many. I have not kept close with. Also, Aww. they many keep being outed as like predators, and I'm not shocked. And I'm like, oh fuck, you know. Stand up like doesn't have a principle. It doesn't because like UCB when somebody gets in trouble. They get banned from the theater. It's a very official to do. While in like right. stand up, like I, I don't, I'm not in stand up. Like I, I don't heard know the comedy thing. store is just now doing that to certain people. I was actually asked by someone to dig up some old DMs from one guy who'd harassed me, but I, I don't know where to find them. And honestly, it was like too emotionally taxing to go about yeah. even addressing that. Yeah. Um, I probably should just for the greater good of the women who come through the comedy store. But it's nice to hear that after all these harassment allegations and the Louis stuff and whatnot. That they're actually in a fucking comedy club trying to make a difference yeah. now for us girls, at least. Yeah. Because it's fucking awful out there. Yeah. And the store is where a lot of comedians come up. I mean, it's a powerful place to get jobs through, but props to anyone who can it's hold really their head sad. high in there. It's hard. It's hard as a woman. I have not. There's so many fucking creeps in the scene and they harass my friends and I don't like it. And yeah, I'm constantly trying to, I, I feel like every other week I'm blocking someone on the internet and and thus from my life as well, who yeah. is a comedy acquaintance or even like one guy that I had spent a lot of time with. 
But the weird thing is I'm never shocked, probably because I just have such a low expect- expectations for people and specifically for male comics. It's also like, some of these dudes are too surprised. Sweaty guy who says all the racist jokes. Yeah. No, oh. no. I'm, I'm being a little tongue in cheek, but uh, that's always such a bummer. But the thing is, like, you go into a stand up room, everyone's saying they're, oh, my nose is stuffed. Everyone's saying, everyone's saying, like, rape jokes that are barely jokes. And there was yeah. a big conversation too about rape jokes, but the thing is, that's never covered by every. There's so many pundits who don't do comedy who are like, hmm. You gotta do whatever joke you want. It's like <laughs> most of these rape jokes aren't jokes. No, they're not they're, jokes. There's no punchline. There's nightmares. no there's no yeah. honesty. Like I feel like wasn't it truth and humor? There's no truth other than that they think rape is like deserved on some level. Yeah, that's it. It's like it's not even even the think... mic I went to last night. There was multiple women, and I know yeah. this is internalized misogyny. Being like. Hey, I love when guys call me or like, oh, this girl deserved to be raped because she was drunk. These were women. And I was like, oy vey. I think it's like, it's something just in stand-up that having the most toxic opinion is considered honest. And it's like... <laughs> an edgy. An edgy. Yeah, uh, honest and edgy. I like It was like Bill Burr. Like, I don't know. There were a lot of comics who were kind of like, I'm just like, I'm just like, once your honesty filter is down this vile mm-hmm. person comes out mm-hmm. but like one of my favorite people who by the way 100% is problematic I'm not going to print it and he's not is but I adore him he's like my biggest influence is a cartoonist named Robert Crumb who I adore and he's like very creepy he's famously very creepy to women he draws comics about it but he also draws comics like <sighs> I don't want to defend him I feel like he's going to be out at any second and then it's going to be a footage of me saying he's my hero <laughs> And then, like, whatever. Uh, anyway, he is. Who cares? Um, what's the? What's my point? Is like, oh God, I got lost in my own thought, defending my own love of this oh, no. person who's going to be in jail someday. Yeah. Um, or not. Eh, whatever. <clears throat> I'm going to begin again. Yeah, all these stand-ups like, basically saying, like, comments about rape. There's no self-awareness. Like, they think they're being honest, and you're honest by showing the most toxic part. But they never... And I'll say this. Look, he was a criminal... But this is why he was able to get away with jokes like these. Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. is you're supposed to get into the part of why it's bad. You're so, yeah. 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 Like when they say truth and humor, it's like exposing like a moral or philosophical truth. Yeah. Not like the truth of like, we're, uh, we're guys, we're naturally rapists, right? By the way, <laughs> if that's your truth, yeah, go say it. But like, it's also, first of all, terrifying. That's terrifying. But also like, I don't believe they believe that. Um, so we do have to wrap up. Uh Um, where can people find your zine, which I read and is so fabulous that you wrote with Hannah Mm -hmm. Michaels. Mm -hmm. Where can people buy it? I feel like Hannah talked about me a lot during the podcast. I don't talked about her a little. We talked about her about as much. Okay. Uh, go to devastatorpress.com slash hot stuff. It's very funny. I love this scene so much. If you want to buy another zine from me, devastatorpress.com slash bowieverse, spelled B-O-W-I-E-V-E-R-S-E. It's a, a, a compendium, an encyclopedia of every character to ever appear in a David Bowie song. And, Ooh, uh, very cool. That. It's like one of the coolest things I've done with Kenny Keel drawing. And the zine that he just wrote is only a dollar for the... For the, uh, the digital PDF. And then like, five dollars for the cheap, physical. Man. Don't be cheap. It's like get the physical. Get that physical. You can read that on the get John. Phys- yeah, you can. You can read my. You can get an iPad. 
Okay. I don't know why I'm correcting this. Where can people find your Twitter in which you <laughs> uh, troll literally everyone as well as your Instagram? Uh, yeah, no, I lost a lot of friends this way. I didn't want to lose. <laughs> well, where can people find and unfollow uh, you on Twitter? Uh, you can follow me and then I'll like shit on you for no reason <laughs> at, at Alex, F-I-R-E-R, fear. Uh, what else should I plug? Is that everything I Just do? say something oh, nice wait. about Hannah since you said you wanted to say Hannah's more about her. What's angel. a good thing about Hannah's her? Hannah's like one of the funniest, weirdest people on the planet. I, I like really off-putting, sweaty, smelly comedy. And Hannah does that so well. She's also very, I guess, good about talking about like just the issue she's facing literally every of her posts exposes so much truth that my heart just like floods and I I feel like I I heart emoji every of her Facebook sentences uh, yeah I I envy that I'm much more skittish when it comes to revealing about myself except the part where I troll everyone and they see an angry person well this has been Casey's Freak Show with one of my favorite weirdos and thanks guys for listening tune in next week bye 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 meow (laughs) 